Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. Welcome back. That's Jen O D W Y E R. That's Sophie White. Whoop. Uh, And that's Cassie Delaney. Still alive. Because there's a pep in our step tonight. And it's a little bit off putting. Well, do you know why? Because it's because these white roses are fully in bloom, not wilted, looking gorgeous, and there are no evil spirits in this room tonight. Well, well wh- one or two of them is... Well, that's just natural decay because I did buy them a week ago. Okay. Uh, you bought them a week ago. They look unnaturally fresh. Like they're frozen like in... they've been embalmed. Frozen in horror. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it because they look really, really... I think they look lovely. <laughs> I'm missing our fourth guest this week. I know. Come back, Foncha. Foncha was a great... just figured out how to say your name. Foncha was a great guest and... Fantastic response to that story. Well done, well, She is the way she told it. It was the way she told it. A lot of people creeped out on the Twitter. Well yes. done, you actually, Sophie White. I saw a lot of replies from the at Dive Creep account this Thank week. Thank you. I was faving. I was retweeting. You were retweeting. I was replying you were tagging. In you gift were, form. Yeah, you were tagging people. And you were having conversations. Engagement, engagement, as they say. Well done. In the parlance of our Ooh. social media-driven times. Everyone and got their authenticity. We have to say as well, we're coming in costume to our live gig. So if you're go- if you're coming, why not come in costume? I'm really excited about mine. It's a surprise to Sophie. It was Lydia's idea. I told Jen for approval. I got it. <laughs> it's a good one. Ah, that's funny because one of my costumes is a surprise for you. 
if it's Uh-oh. a baby popping out of your tummy and with weird <laughs> add-ons, I don't want to see it. Both of my Are costumes. You... So I'm doing two different costumes. Oh, on fuck's the two sake. Jesus, nights. you're always such an overachiever. <laughs> I'm not, are you? I'm doing the same one. I'm going to leave it in the venue. Perfect. <laughs> I just enjoy having an additional appendage and having fun with it. Yeah, okay. So one of mine arrived from Hong Kong today. Very exciting. And I'd forgotten I ordered it. We were both like... What What's is coming this? from Kong, Hong Kong? Kong Hong, as I was about to say. And, you know, then Seb opened it, looked at it and was like, is this what you spend your days in the office doing? And I said, jeez, I can't even remember ordering that. But it's going to be good. Okay, great. I'd love for you both to turn up as the same thing. I don't think so, because I don't need anything from Hong Kong. But you know one of mine. You know the one that's for Cassie. Oh, yes. 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 There's yeah, no yeah. way in hell Cassie would show up with that. That would be an amazing twist. It would be a huge turnaround. Okay. <laughs> He's definitely using the bump somehow. Creep of the week. Which might throw my caution. No, I'm joking. Mine is, mine is very not bumpy. Do, do you have a creep of the week? Creep of the week is my four-year-old son, Rufus. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, Kids make six. the worst creep. Oh, my God. Wait. He's five, nearly six. I'm a creep. <laughs> I, know, I was just going to say, do you remember when he was saying how he asked me if my boobs were charging up? Yeah. And then said he can't wait to see the baby suck on the boobs. Yeah, he's a fucking creep. <laughs> it's too late for him. He's shown his colours. <laughs> do you have a creep of the week? No, uh, I'm just really <laughs> salivating over my own creep this week, which I loved creeping into. It oh, is gas. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Do you have any it's a creep? Midi. No? I don't have any creep of the week, but I feel like, I mean, it's the world. There definitely was a creep of the week, but how can you choose? My creep of the week is Sophie still for that Im- impression into the microphone that creeped out many people. Excellent. Do you know Including somebody- Elaine yeah. on Twitter who says, not a bit impressed with the di- creep dive tonight. <laughs> I listened to it unfazed on the bus five hours ago and now my room is lit like Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> I did give people fair warning when posting the episode to listen during the daytime with all the lights on. Well, I tell you a little story for the creep of the week. Do. Go on. All right, hang on. Let me get it up here. Uh, this is from, I don't know if either of you two. Do you, do you guys ever watch... Basically, gamers videoing themselves, videoing themselves gaming. Yes. Yeah. And then they have YouTube I don't watch channels. them, but I've heard of them. And there was one brilliant one that was years ago. I think the early two thousands. And uh, fucking Jesus, everything just gets here. We go. <coughs> it was called <coughs> fuck. It's APL and the and the Sark. If you know those names, you'll know this. And basically they were two gas lads who used to video themselves gaming and then have this sort of talk show on yeah. YouTube. There's their millions own show. of these guys. And There's they're making serious, serious money. Serious money. Yeah. These guys never made money because they did it at the very start. Damn. Did I you know. guys see that? Now this is a bit of a tangent. But did you see the whole big thing blow up on Twitter over the summer there about one of these guys who's like really big in this world and he was married to this cosplay woman who's also really big in the world sparking like, some something in me yeah keep and, going and then like it turned out that he was boning this other one who's also a cosplayer oh and she did a, she did like a, a video about it these revenge videos they do of each other exposing the truths of their relationship yes mm. 
Okay. No, that <laughs> sounds brilliant. In fact, creep it. in fact, it sounds boring because I didn't know a single actual name or any details. Yeah, but scandal the, is universal. Like scandal doesn't need names no. or details. Please cut this bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happened to these so guys? Basically, these two guys, no, they kind of went their own separate ways and have now their own separate channels. One much better than the other. But... Uh, they had this show and it was what do like they call the it Simon Something and Garfunkel like, of the of the gaming world yeah kind of it was like a like guy, guys maybe and girls used to email them in these like weird what ifs it was just like an inbox purge and then they'd read out like the best stories and this is one that's funny so he goes okay what if one day you woke up and your nipples were completely gone like no scar or anything just flat skin, just right? Just a smooth mound. <laughs> okay, and then... <laughs> sorry. Your nipples were instead on your ass cheeks. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, okay, once you noticed, a couple of days passed. Oh, no, no, the next day, you woke up with no nipples, again, but your dad had died, right, that day. <laughs> I had to tell this properly. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, one day. Let's, sorry. Are you starting again? Okay, I'm trying to read this video, but I don't want to play it, which I should just fucking play it. Okay. Okay, one day you woke what, up. Are you lip reading? Your nip, kind of. And your nipples are completely gone, like no scars or anything, just flat skin. And then once you leave your room, you find out your dad died last night. And several days later... You found out that for your entire life, he had been sneaking into your room while you slept and sucking on your chest to make two gigantic hickeys where your nipples had been. Just because you were born without them. And he didn't, not for anything sexually, he just never wanted you to feel left out. So that's his little story. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the telling Jen. Sorry, I was a fucking mess. <laughs> anyway, that's my sort of creep of the week. I have a better actual creep to tell you, but that was terrible. Okay. Anyway, uh, Sophie, you got you can kick okay, us I'll off. Okay, I'll kick us off. Sorry, I'm so weird. You could just cut that whole thing. <laughs> no, we can't. Oh, strange. <laughs> Did that just pop into your head? Yeah, I was like, what can we tell Would a you story know, about? It's so now? weird because as soon as you said the dad was dead, I was like. The dad was coming in at night and placing prosthetic nipples on the son. But then I said, like, but then they'd fall off during the day. I had time to have all these thought yeah. processes. In the, me, of course you did. I retold <laughs> the story like four times. It's a five second story. Um, but like I went there as if it was the most natural thing in the world that of course this it was would be in line happening. with one of Jen's stories though. <laughs> Sorry, I have to get my creep image out of my head. Okay, back okay. in. Buzzfeed headline, Buzzfeed please. Buzzfeed headline. Um, <sighs> Two's company. Uh, okay, sorry. Hmm? Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> Two's company. You were trying to slide that one under as I a was, good one and I just was. not get any. Yeah, right. We'll let you away with it. Uh, okay. How could <laughs> I get slagged for that? That was terrible. That wasn't great now. It wasn't great. But consistent, okay. consistently, Sophie has been a lot better than that. Okay, okay. I know. You're let off. I am. This I'm week. better than point this. your headlines. Uh -huh. with, with, yours is just a, a few words thrown together. <laughs> okay. Two's company. <laughs> I mean, I'm not clicking it, but let's go. Okay. No, you're right. Just give me one sec. It depends on the image. Just give me one sec. Let me have a little take here now. 
It's hard though. You don't want to give it away. Just say something random. Um. What about two's company or is it? <laughs> I would click that. <laughs> um. Two's company or is it? Oh, Perfect. Well, well done. Excellent. <laughs> click. We're in. <laughs> okay. It's September 1980. Diana Ross's hit song, Upside Down, Boy You Turn Me, is playing on the radio somewhere in upstate New York, where we are. Now, 19-year-old Robert, Bobby, is going to college. It's his first day of college. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And um, he's in upstate New York. And he, like, literally drives up, hops out, and is, like, immediately warmly greeted by fucking everyone. What? This is like like a scene from 500 Days of Summer. I know. Come on, this story is brilliant, but keep going. (laughs) Do you not know this story? No. Come on. You will, you will, I think. But, um, okay, so, like, people are running up to him. Wait, two's company? Just... So leave it out, Jennifer. So many other better ones. (laughs) Um, So, like, people are running up to him and throwing their arms around him. And, like, uh, girls are, like, giving him, like, big kisses on the lips. Delighted to see him. It's so great to see you. And Bobby's like, I love college. (laughs) And then he notices people are, like, (laughs) shouting at him as well. Like, Eddie! Eddie, so good to see you. And he's like... No, <laughs> Bobby, I've never been here before. Eddie, didn't think you were coming back, man. All this shit. So Bobby's like, okay, uh, weird. And he finds his dorm room and he's still elated by the really warm <laughs> welcome he's got to college. There's a knock on the door. You okay, Cass? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, okay that's if I do okay. Those? Yeah. And um, it's this guy and he opens the door and he's like, Eddie. And... Uh, Bobby's like, no, no, <laughs> like, not Eddie. And then this guy who's at the door is like, fuck off. Sorry, I just had to throw in a succession. Fuck off there. Fuck off! Fuck off! <laughs> um, and then Bob, Eddie, this guy is like, when is your birthday? And Bobby's like, the 12th of July. And this guy at the door is like, fuck off! <laughs> Are you adopted? And Bobby's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I know your twin. Again, Bobby's like, fuck off. But they, they really hit it all straight away, yeah. these two guys. And Bobby's like, what what the fuck? Uh, who's my twin? What? What? And then uh, the guy's like, uh, come on, we go down, go down to the payphone. We'll call Eddie. We've got to call Eddie. So this guy was friends with Eddie the year before, yeah. basically. Yeah. And um, so they ring Eddie, the guy, the friend. And he's like, I'm here with your twin. No fucking joke. And Eddie's like, shut up. Uh, I've switched. Eddie doesn't say fuck off. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't seen Succession. Okay. Um, and um, uh, they, on the phone, they ascertain that they share a birthday. They were both born in New York. And they also, Bobby is like, ask him what the adoption agency is that his parents got him through. And uh, they hear like Sky Eddie on the phone being like, Mom, hey, Ma. And uh he gets back on the phone and he's like, she says Louise Weiss in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bobby's like, yeah, 
That's the same one. That's the same one. So they drive straight over to Eddie, <clears throat> two hours away or something, <clears throat> to have what a mad day for a Bobby. Freaky as fuck reunion. And they are identical. Like you've seen pictures of them. Yeah. Like they are, they're both like gorgeous. I think they're gorgeous. They're anyway, they're like tall kind of like they've got kind of like curly sort of like yeah yeah I know I know the story now okay well yeah. do you want me to just wrap it up right here it's <laughs> <No>. <laughs> for some of the listeners who may not have heard the story but I know what they look like they don't look that dissimilar to Seb they yeah they have a look um <laughs> well um yeah they've got kind of like curly dark hair and they've got really goofy smiles and they're really cute so anyways, big news. Uh, this hits the tabloids. Bit of a kind of, you know, kooky fun story <laughs> for the kind of... Wait now, Eddie's parents? Eddie's parents. So like, Bobby went Jesus to Eddie's. Jesus Christ. But supporting the reunion. Well, like they didn't, they were 19. Like they just drove up there virtually that night. It was that night. Mm. Um, and like, I think Eddie's parents were there because it was Eddie's parents house but yeah I mean they were just like like everyone knew they were adopted flabbergasted yeah. they all knew they were adopted the adopted thing wasn't any news to anyone but obviously it was really really freaky suddenly seeing two like identical guys and all their mannerisms were really similar like because it wasn't just the same as like do you know the way there's like lots of twins and they're really alike yeah. But like yeah. their voices are different or, do you know, but like these guys really like they were practically mirror images. And especially if you've grown, if you haven't grown up together, the you know, there's the chances are you could have changed your appearance slightly. I yeah, think when twins stick together, hadn't. they look really similar. Yeah. Yeah. But they got on. Oh, well, immediately. immediately got on. They also immediately got on to some reporters who were like, there's this amazing story. It's just kind of panned out upstate. Um, this guy went to college on his first day of college and all the people were like oh my god <laughs> Eddie <laughs> and, um, so this story they did interviews and stuff and the story was kind of doing the rounds when um, this uh, woman down in New York was reading it and she got up and uh, she showed it to her friend and she was like doesn't that just look exactly like David? And so. It did look exactly, it did like, look exactly David. like David because they weren't twins. They were triplets. It's fucking crazy story. And fucking so identical. It's mad. Well, they were identical triplets. Well, they're identical. Or- but my friend is a triplet, <coughs> Michelle, and I've met her and her sisters Mm -hmm. and I have no issue telling them apart they're identical but their voices are different enough they're all mannerisms they're grown women like they're all their mannerisms everything's be no problem these are interesting all very similar physique as well yeah like everything even actually the woman who was reading that newspaper when she saw Eddie and Bobby she even more than the faces noticed the hands and now like they do have very distinctive hands, basically kind of like you'd call them meat hands. Again, very like Seb White. <laughs> Seb could be, this could be something. Not quadruplets because he wasn't born in 1966. But I mean, but, so anyway, the triplets immediately became like 
huge stars of the kind of daytime TV circuit. They were on every talk show. They were like dream guests as well because they were in. They were very gregarious. Well, actually, like I, I couldn't tell you what they're individually like because you never know who was talking at any one time. Mm-hmm. But they all came across as really, really like fun, jolly, always kind of pranking and joking. And like they'd be on these talk shows and they'd really play up to the kind of triplet, you know, sort of multiplicity kind of thing, answering questions in unison and like constantly like making all the same gestures or they'd constantly like they'd always be sitting there in the exact same positions Did wearing they the same that, clothes like 20 year old guys all agreeing to wear like the same photo but that shirt. was their shtick that was their shtick yeah it was really fucking funny they even had a cameo in Desperately Seeking Susan you know with Madonna's movie yeah yeah there's some there's a scene in the movie where she gets out of a car and walks into a doorway on a like a New York street just past these random three identical men in identical outfits, which is so fucking brilliant and random. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, they basically moved in sync and they kind of like finished each other's sentences. They sounded identical. Um, their parents. So there was a way, there was actually even more similarities. So they'd all grown up with. An older sister who was exactly two years older than them and also adopted. And they had like the parents were all kind of swapping notes and like there was loads and loads of similarities kind of in their childhoods about like, oh, X learned to walk at exactly this time. And so did Eddie and Bobby and David, you know, there was kind of they were all within 100 miles of each other in New York in three very different kind of families, but there was lots of kind of weird synchronicity. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, the parents obviously started comparing notes and like they all had quite different reactions to it. But um, like one of the, I mean, they all felt that it had been a huge oversight on the part of the adoption agency to not fucking tell any of them that they were triplets. triplets. And um, so the parents went to the adoption agency and... um, confronted them and the adoption agency basically said like oh you know um nobody would take triplets and like what could we do and like one of the parents was really upset particularly and he was like we would have taken all three of them blah blah had you even had fucking we, offered yeah or even had the opportunity this. of course i think most adoptive families would have been like let's not split up these three siblings yeah it's madness that they wouldn't even meant that they wouldn't mention it very suspect, basically. Yeah, totally. And uh, so they all left um, the adoption agency. And one of the dads was like, oh, I forgot my umbrella. And he went back in. And he says, he reported later that he walked back in on everyone they'd just been having a meeting with, cracking open a bottle of champagne and toasting as if they had just dodged some fucking bullet. And he was like... What the fuck? Like, yeah, fucking hell. But... Well, the parents were actually really... Um, so they think they were going to sue. Yeah. Of course, the siblings. Well, this, see, the parents kind of were feeling like we would like to sue. And the boys, like, 
were just so excited about having found each other. And probably making a pretty penny off all their media appearances exactly. anyway. I mean, I don't think they did do great off that. Really? Because they weren't, like, nobody was being savvy on their behalf and right. being like, you need to charge Phil Donahue and you need to do this, that and the other. So I don't think they did much off that. But, like, yeah, they were getting other stuff off the ground. Like, they actually went into business together and they set up a restaurant in New York called Triplets. <laughs> and they were like providing basically like a floor show nightly um, in the restaurant and everyone uh, who went there wanted to be served by one of them and I saw scenes from the restaurant in the 1980s and it looks like a fucking like festival mob scene every night apparently it did really well for years like it was a huge tourist attraction I think I read something like in their first year they like they made a million profit or something insane which is just not doesn't happen in restaurants you know what I mean and um, so the the Barons were kind of slightly shouted down um, and they kind of moved the boys moved on and they were like look we're really happy we found each other we don't need you know they just didn't really I think they were like look we didn't really get why our parents were so upset yeah. because they were like 20 yeah. and they were local celebrities in New York hanging out in Studio 54 starring in movies with Madonna when they didn't even know who the fuck she was hilarious and um, just having such a laugh and like they all moved into a laugh like the twin apartment together <laughs> there's like footage of the three of them like in one giant bed <laughs> they like did everything together like had and sex with people <laughs> no but they had this adorable bed that'd be so weird <laughs> be so weird it's sort of a kind of <clears throat> masturbatory fantasy though isn't it to just have yourself to find two others of you but like how exciting when you've just been on your own all your life and then you're just like oh well it's God. exciting but it's really weird I mean it's 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 jarring I, I mean, would it's, imagine it's weird as hell yeah but of they course didn't, it is they just embraced it immediately they really did yeah and like they all reported basically <clears throat> feeling like the, a sense of completion when they found each other mm-hmm. now I don't know like I feel like in my teens, if I had been presented with a twin for myself, I would have been fucking delighted and also felt a sense of completion. Yeah, I guess you're right. But it would have been nice. at the same time, you don't know what, like none of us know what that kind of pre, uh, pre-birth developmental stage is all about. Um, so it's very possible that they all like, did, did had they a different say- kind of experience <clears throat> to a baby who was alone in the womb grew up yeah 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 had they said have they said oh I always felt I was missing something well they did but I also think that you'd often like you know I do a lot of group therapy and I hear people say that all the time but you know what I mean it's like I feel like it works both directions almost it's kind of annoying but um so anyway they uh like they were all like going out on dates and they were kind of like the bachelors around town and stuff like that. Um, but then they all married um, kind of one by one settled down with uh, their wives and they kind of were, I suppose, having like a normal, well, normal enough life after their kind of strange whirlwind of mm-hmm. micro-celebrity. And so then in the mid-90s, um, this um, journalist called Lawrence, um, sorry, Lawrence Wright, 
wrote this um, piece for The New Yorker all about this experiment that had been conducted uh, involving twins. And um, it was his uh, investigation that basically kind of blew the lid open on the truth (coughs) of the boys' lives. So this wasn't just a little haphazard, it'd be easier to adopt them. This was an intentional, let's separate them for science. Yes. So this was like all these coincidences that you think are coincidences are not coincidences. They have been highly engineered by these fucking puppet masters. So it was to put them exactly the placement of the families. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember how they all had a sibling that was exactly two years older, a girl adopted as well? That was no accident. No coincidences there. So in um, this guy, Lawrence Wright's article, he doesn't reference the twin, the triplets directly, but he did, um, he did talk about uh, other twins who had found each other um, in a similar way, Elise and Paula, and they... um, They found each other by pure coincidence. Yeah. And um, it kind of like... It brought to light basically this um, this experiment. Um, so basically, this scientist called uh, Norum no <laughs> Doctor Peter Neubauer was a prominent New York scientist. He was actually Austrian and he had survived the Holocaust. So it's fucking fascinating that he went on to do this like highly dubious. Ethically experiment, experiment mm. because obviously, you know, that's a lot of the children the, in, the, in there was a massive, um, a lot of the children in concentration camps were part of another scientific study that was has been. There has been millions and millions yeah. of like science studies under the Nazi regime st- that have I, just been hideous. I think that doctor mm. is a female. No, he's a man. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. His name's Peter. Right. I've seen a picture of him. That's fine. I mean, he's dead I'm now. Just, I'm remembering. He's definitely a man. There was the a female research assistant who worked Sorry. on it. Sorry. That That's who they interviewed. Um, she was totally she's unapologetic. Hilarious. No, yeah, completely. But anyway, so they, are, they were fascinated with the kind of forming of identity and the question of nature versus nurture. Mm. And they apparently were so they, obsessed with nature versus nurture, weren't they? Yes, and they, so they hooked up with Louise Wise Adoption Services in the 60s. And they obviously, I mean, I presume through some very fucking shady dealings. Money. Finagled, yeah. Um, Lots of money. Them to kind of... I wonder did the Catholic Church give them any money? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They they that they're twins. Jewish, so the Louise Wise Adoption Agency is Jewish, uh, Neubauer is Jewish, I think, and all the families of the twin boys, all the families of the boys were Jewish, and they, yeah, so I think that's, like, the church did not just this one time. <laughs> it wasn't, just checking. The Catholics just weren't checking. at it again, just this once. But anyway, um, so they had an agreement with Louise Wise that, that like they were privy to all the kind of adoption transactions that they were working through in the 60s and they were able to orchestrate how the boys and, and lots of other multiple births were placed into different families. So with regards to the triplets, it seemed like they 
um, it completely engineered that they replaced with the families that already had, as I said, the older sister. Mm-hmm. Then they also were looking at kind of a socioeconomic kind of backgrounds. So they wanted a like well-to-do family, firmly middle class and a kind of a working class family. Right. Um, but that like the family structure was identical and all that. And then they made an agreement with the adoption agency that they would be allowed to come and observe, film, interview and take notes and everything on the boys all the way through their childhoods. Whoa. Wait, but how did... Oh, so the family just thought that this was a... So what the family were told was that they were... uh, They'd agreed to be a part of a kind of a study. Okay. But... End of story. Yeah. No information. No information of like, oh, we just go from one brother's house to the next brother's house and be like, well, I was just there with your identical twin brother last no week. No communication between no the families. No communication. How and fucking strange for the researchers doing that, going job. to the house. Yes. Knowing that secret. I and mean, then speaking to the family and then, totally like you say, up. the following day heading off to the next family. Except that I think genuinely there was so much less like kind of expectation of being informed of things back then. And people were way less inclined to like, I guess, question sort of like the medical doctors and things like that. And it had always been kind of built into their adoption package that this was a part of what they had signed up mm-hmm. to and this is what they agreed to. And uh, so that was all they knew. And so um, they, the, their, the study of them effectively ended when they found each other. But imagine being the psychologist and being like, those fucking twins have found each other. Shit. Um, experiments over. Did they not anticipate that this would happen? No. And they were all really close by. But now this is also so many questions because uh, does this happen in the scientific community where like you'd have an experiment that is obviously supposed to span 40, 50, 60 years, Mm. their entire lifetime. Is the experiment passed down? Mm. Yeah. Does it get handed over? Yeah. Of course. Look at that TV show. What? The TV show. Yeah. Do you remember the BBC uh, did? What's it called? Oh, something like. Oh, God. I don't know what I it's called. I can't remember what it's called. It's really famous. They started it's like, it. I think in, it's called Growing Up. Is it? Fact. Yeah, did they like start it in the 60s or something? Yeah, they started in the 60s and I think it's still ongoing. They've revisited the same subjects for over decades. Mm. But, huh. I mean, Neubauer did something interesting with his experiment. I'll get to that. So they, um, all the men, like David, Bobby and Eddie, mm-hmm. like were completely fucking thrown by this new information. Yeah. Because it, there was something kind of Disney about the way they had found each other and they'd kind of fallen in love with each other and they'd kind of, you know, become a family. But now this was like this very fucking weird, sinister this edge to it. This is evil scientists. Evil scientists, like, controlling them and, like, yeah. directing their fate and... You know, like all the kind of, I suppose all that kind of paranoid stuff of like Truman Show shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would start going through your oh, mind. Oh, which is, is, like if anyone's ever seen the Truman Show, that paranoia never ends. Never leaves you. <laughs> it doesn't. It comes back every yeah. now and then. It's probably been 15 years since I've watched the Truman Show. Yeah. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. <laughs> it's a great film. It is really good. I fucking but love But isn't Robert it exactly Harris. the kind of film that they would put on if you thought that... if 
if your life was the Truman Show, because now you you like it's like a double bluff. It's like if we give you all of the information. Look, we're not doing no anything. Way There's nothing to be worried about. Just plug her back into the matrix. Mm. Um, so they because if you were the subject of it, we'd have to be in on it, Sophie, and we're not in on it. Okay, you know that I had like a fucking psychotic break when I was twenty-two. <laughs> that was very concerned with this very thing. So you stop that, Cassie Delaney, <laughs> or we'll bring Christ up. It's okay. <laughs> Things are real. The people in your life aren't paid actors. It's okay, so you're fine. You're fine. We wouldn't be here if we were paid actors. We'd be in a much nicer studio. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, they were completely fucking thrown by this. And like um, stuff like uh, they had gone to find their birth mother, right? The boys mm-hmm. together. They'd kind of made a decision that they, one of them, particularly Eddie, really wanted to know. And um, they had found her and they had quite a like unhappy encounter with her. Like it wasn't awful, but it was, it was clear they... that she had kind of substance abuse issues. Right. And like they all really liked to drink and they kind of were real party guys because it was the 80s and they were like, you know, going to Studio 54 and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that in their heads, it was all a bit like, uh, like unsettling yeah. to learn this. They... um also started to get paranoid that the study wasn't necessarily wholly about nature versus nurture, but actually about whether or not mental illness is hereditary. And I think all of that started to really get in on them. Yeah. Because you'd you'd start to get, I think, really, really paranoid about like what these unknown uh, entities these doctors were like digging for yeah and they'd kind of started to learn some of the more sinister side of being separated so they were separated at six months so they actually had a kind of an infancy together yeah and all the adopted parents reported this is really sad that in the first six months when they got the boys they used to each of them um, bang their heads off the walls or the insides of their cots like obviously experiencing some trauma. kind of severe separation anxiety and trauma from having been taken away from each other oh. I know isn't it fucking awful yeah and like when you start thinking about that yeah you're like oh sick and then they each of the the men had uh, quite severe psychiatric issues in their teens, like quite significant episodes. Each of them where like um, a, f- a couple of them had been in psychiatric ward and things like that. Really? Yeah. And so it's so funny at the initial stages when they were kind of doing the rounds on Phil Donahue and stuff like that. It was all like we're brothers. We smoke the same cigarettes. We fancy the same women. And we all like laugh the same. And we all broke our ankles at the same year when we were 14 and all the kind of fun coincidences. Yeah. But then, like, all the kind of darker stuff kind of started coming to light. One of them, Bobby, had actually been, like, embroiled in a murder investigation when he was a teenager. It wasn't average stuff. Yeah. It actually had, like, serious difficulties. And as all this information was all coming to light, it started to, like, really, like, degrade the kind of, like, tight-knit kind of, you know... um, fucking relationships they'd forged with each mm. other and uh, they they kind of had a bit of a rift over triplets the business when um one of them wanted to leave david wanted to leave bobby and eddie stayed on the business and they eddie in particular he hadn't been as happy in his adoptive family as the other two had been mm-hmm. and he always 
wanted to make it really work with the three of them. Like he more than was the other new two family, was yeah. so invested. And when it all started to like disintegrate, he started to have really, really bad um, episodes of depression. And then he was diagnosed with, they called at the time, manic depression, which I think is kind of now known as bipolar disorder more. And he basically had like severe upswings of mood and Mm. then like long periods of difficult, um, difficult episodes. That is extremely sad though. Yeah, but like imagine any kind of like, you know, any kind of mental, a chronic mental illness that you may suffer with. And then like to be so exacerbated by this fucking totally bizarre twist in your life. Yeah. Um, so uh, they uh, were opening the restaurant one day and they couldn't find uh, Eddie. And um, he and Bobby lived right beside each other. And uh, they Bobby rang home and was like, will you just see if Eddie's car is in the driveway? And uh, it was. And then he was like, will you just go in? No. To check on him, and Eddie had um, died by suicide. No, Shite. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. In the Jesus, mid-90s. really sad. And um, so obviously they were all completely reeling. Um, that kind of galvanized uh, David and Bobby to really try and get to the bottom of the experiment because the stupid thing was that it had never been published. Yeah. And like all Obviously of not this because standards change And like ethically it's so fucked up Yeah I know but like Even to have actually drawn a line under it And said we did this up until a point Yeah, This is what happened This is what it was about Answers for any of the people involved So they estimate that there's something like Maybe more than a dozen sets Of multiple births I think they, they I think they think it's two sets of triplets One being the guys And yeah. then like a bunch of twins and there's no answers for any of those people. And they found out that no Dr. Nobauer had um, basically like decreed in his will that it be kept under lock and key in Yale University until the year 2065. What the fuck? All his findings. Why? Yeah. So that he so that every single person who was involved would be dead by the time. So nobody could be. So held nobody accountable. will ever know. What it was that they were genuinely really searching for. Well, until 2065. Until 2065. So then the um, the two guys, the two surviving brothers, David and Bobby, did go into a lot of um, difficulty to try and get some of the records released. Yeah, surely you can subpoena those records. Well, they were having no joy whatsoever until a British filmmaker made the documentary about them called Three Identical Strangers, which is really good. And um, after that documentary aired, they got some kind of leverage. And then they got 10,000 pages of the documents released to them. Mm -hmm. But they were fucking useless, apparently, with most like anything of relevance redacted. To protect the identity of other people in the study, other twins, like there's of potentially still people who haven't found their other twin, mm. like who were involved in this study. Jesus, I know. Has there been it's any updates? Since, bonkers since then. Well, but can they not subpoena their own records from from the adoption agency? Like so, sure. Yeah, but they knew, knew they were their t- birth mother. Like they knew. But I mean, the other—if anyone knew that they were adopted in. 
the late 60s in the 60s mm. from that adoptive agency would oh, they not oh, try and get sorry. their records yes. other people hell yeah. yes I'd say they probably did yeah. I'd say loads of people went mm, what yeah definitely. and is there anything to say that they, like did were there records for the triplets coming into the adoption agency or did they come in as individuals like to have they doctored documents do you think no I think that they were documented as triplets and then on their adoption kind of um yeah, because I think on their birth certs, their mother, their mother's name appears on their birth cert. Yeah, otherwise they they wouldn't have released who their mother was. Mm. They would immediately identify them as. So, it's very very fascinating. So I watched the Three Identical Strangers documentary, and I also read Lawrence Wright's piece for the New Yorker, which is really worth a read. It's called Double Mystery. And it's a broader piece all about kind of people finding their twins and the kind of like ramifications of like twins being separated and raised um, apart and how there's loads and loads and loads of freaky coincidences. In other words, in these scenarios, suggesting it's nature, suggesting. Yeah. Well, what exactly? We don't know. Something breaking your leg at at a certain age or. Getting married to yeah, the same married, person there with was, the same name, or yeah, there's lo- there's loads of ones like that where it's like Daphne and Barbara both married Johns yeah. in 1978, and they went on to have their first child, at two Elliots, yeah. in 1982. Like there's loads of that, which no is really way. interesting, where they'd like find each other and be like, "Your husband's John, my husband's John. What are your kids' names?" And their kids would all have say, identical names. Stuff, weird stuff like that, which I think kind of really like appeals to us yeah. like as a story we're like oh that's mad the thoughts it's like a sliding doors kind of thing isn't it it's the yeah. thoughts of there being another you living a kind of a, an alternative life that you could have been living if you'd made the same you know what I mean yeah. I think about that movie really all the time as well and where is the point in the life where like the two roads diverged yeah and there's so much interesting stuff in the actual way that twins are formed like um they what was it? oh yeah there's loads of stuff about um sorry baba where was the one oh yeah that loads loads of people those more people that we believe are actually twins but they've had that thing in the womb have you ever heard of this where one twin feet who yeah well (laughs) kind of yeah where one twin eats another one kind of absorbs the other one that's right yeah yeah. that is interesting Um, and and you could end up with like teeth hanging off your shoulder and be like (laughs) what happened to that baby and it's part of its twin has fused or yeah I mean (laughs) during development or you completely dive on that kid yeah the guy who they took his twin out of him that's right he had a humongous abdomen they thought it was a tumour thing Mm. and it was his brother the tumour was covered in human teeth and human hair Cassie yeah they fucking showed it on channel 4 do you remember it absolutely amazing Fetus and fetus. Yeah, madness. You always get these in Chat Magazine where there's something and it's got hair and teeth and it was my unborn twin in my tummy. They are the bread and butter of Chat Magazine. Um, They also, I do hope this was really interesting. So, um, twins are far more susceptible to birth defects, spontaneous mutations and other problems that threaten early life and this is simply because being a twin is stressful and raises the odds against your survival because all twins battle in the womb for space and nutrition 
the experiences of twins before birth may be considerably different to those of singletons. So this doctor um, says twins compete physically. Um, He says that several years ago, one of the doctors on his staff observing twin fetuses in the womb noticed that they were fighting Mm. and Mm. one punched the other and the other looked startled. (laughs) And then on another occasion, they were looking at an ultrasound of triplets and two of them were kissing. Clear as day. Isn't that Sick. fucking fascinating? Uh, yeah, but that's just got to be the movement. Well, of course. Like, in, or, but like, it it's communication. That's yeah. what it is. Like, it's mad. They fight and they kiss. Mm. It's so crazy. They also talked about how different the intensity of grief can be among twins and triplets if they've lost one. Um, It's mad, isn't it? It's so fascinating. So read this New York article, Double Mystery by Lawrence Wright. It's fascinating. And uh, watch Three Identical Strangers. Brilliant documentary. Yeah, documentary. I must check it out. I didn't realize there's, I didn't, <clears throat> I knew, I obviously have seen the images and I've seen snippets of the story, but I just thought it was three. I thought the story ended at they were. That, uh, no, was, that was the was twist in the documentary. I yeah. have to thank, uh, I actually don't know their name. Uh, it's, Someone from properfood.ie who tweeted it to me. Mm. Amazing. And thank you very much for that tip. Um, I was just looking up some stats there because, you know, there's that like popular. Um, it like comes up in like facts all the time that 12 babies a day are given to the wrong parents. Oh, <gasps> sorry, which? Yeah, apparently 12 babies a day are given to the wrong parents. In a hospital? Yeah. And when they're born, like. Like but the worldwide, worldwide, because it's like thirty six thousand people born every day. Okay, which not all. Then, yeah. I feel like there should be more. Three hundred sixty thousand, probably. Maybe yeah. thirty six thousand. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Um, so I'm getting some. I'm getting like this is very loose, but <laughs> during a two day stay at the hospital, babies are switched on average six times. So there's like loads of times where they're given to the wrong parents, but they usually rectify it before you leave the hospital entirely. They're developing a new identification system in the US that's beyond the bracelet thing that encourages. (laughs) Yeah, because when you get a baby, when you have your baby in hospital here, they put a like a tag on them, like an electronic uh, ankle tag. And that's to avoid that exact thing from happening. Yeah, and, yeah. For, and, for, and for stop people, people taking them off the ward. Running away out, out of your hospital with the baby. Yeah. But from 1995 to 2008, there are eight documented occurrences of the wrong, ba- like that it's come to come to light. There's a great um, This American Life episode called Switch to Birth. About, oh, that's a fantastic About two episode, babies yeah. who were given to the wrong parents in the hospital. Not twins, just the just, wrong babies yeah, given. Yeah, yeah. And how they ended up in the same church. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I, I was thinking about the one where they end up in the same school. Do you ever remember that story? No. I'd say there's loads of them. I mean, there seems to be loads. Oh. Or, well, no, it's probably just that they're reported to this like disproportionate extent because we're so obsessed with it. My aunt used to tell me that I was a different baby given to my parents. Why? <laughs> because when my mother was pregnant, they did a scan and it showed that I should have had spina bifida. And I was born then completely healthy. 
And she said I was the wrong baby, but it turned out it was just the scan was wrong. I'd say your penis as well, sort of. Um, yeah, I just threw them. Just threw them. <laughs> it just fell off when I came yeah. out. There. It was on the ground. They docked it, like they, you know, did the elastic like, band around it until you it already fell have off. one boy. <laughs> <laughs> just two little balls. Yeah, no dick. Yeah, great story. Right, yeah. Well, I'll come try. Oh, fucking okay. Here we go into my story now. What's your clip Buzzfeed headline, <sighs> Jen? 14 words or less. Um, okay, look, give me some tips here. Am I supposed to do, a, is it a sentence? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, but it doesn't have to be like, it can be grammatically incorrect. It's just a kind of a synopsis okay. of the story. Nazi ventriloquist dummy. Okay, that's it. You could stop right there. I'm in. Okay. Yeah, I'm in. How does that sound? Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Happy? Yeah. Shall I continue? Do do. Okay, well this this is a story of a ventriloquist dummy dated from World War Two. The fucking face of this thing <laughs> is an absolute harsh. I'm just gonna turn it around here so you can get oh a Oh my <gasps> god. There has oh never been god. anything more. What are we looking at? We're looking at some high def brows. Mm. Um, Very I'd say dark. somebody's gone three mils on the lower lip filler. Mm. That's too many mils for one lip. It's a paper mache the top head. Lip altogether. As and if, as if Punch and Judy and the Joker had a child. Bingo. It's yeah. very Punch and Judy. Uh, so paper mache head. Um, doll looks to be in pain. There would be a hole up the back of his head. And kind of that's where your the ventriloquist hand would go. So um, this there is a man in Liverpool called Michael Diamond. When you hear the name, you might think, huh, he sounds like a glamorous. He is. <laughs> he is a fucking glamour man of all things mystic. OK. Right. Like magic. His website, you can book him for a magic show. He's one of those type of guys, you know, ponytail, tattoos. You know those guys in America? The hammer nails up his own nose. He might assist somebody else in doing or mm. perhaps hypnotize you into doing <laughs> okay. it. Okay. That's the kind of vibe. Uh, and so, he's like, this is contemporary. He's, he's got yeah, a website, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have a website in the 1800s. No, no, no. Uh, the private, this is, so the private collection. Jesus, didn't have Nazis back then. Of alternative. No, we're in, we're in, we're in oh, 1945. You guys can stop. 1940, I'm telling you, creep. Come, 1945. Come back no, in. No, we're in the 40s. The guy no, on the website. If you let but me tell But it's World the War II. Oh, okay. We're Nazis. Everybody okay? We're not Nazis. You're Nazi. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in the Nazi era. You want to hear the story? We're not in the fucking Nazi era. That okay. doll is from the Nazi That's era. That's what I was getting at. So the doll I now. I was listening oh, Jesus, to the story, like, Jen. We're going to get an absolute. Somebody write in. No, no, no. you're quiet now. No. Never mind. No. All right. The doll. Shut up. Is now in the private collection of Michael Diamond. So he, Michael Happy Diamond. Some of the rarest sideshow exhibits and apparatus. Apparatus I in the UK. Okay. Oddities such as elef- the an elephant headed boy. Jesus. Um from Brading Waxford Waxworks Museum. Don't worry, not the actual guy. Uh real execution swords and axes. Houdini's handcuffs he owns. Uh, I'm sure just one pair. I'd I imagine Houdini had several. Uh, shrunken heads. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you ever see them? Uh, yeah. 
I was going to say, is there no shrunken head kicking oh, around? Yeah. Have, has everyone seen shrunken heads? Have you seen one? I, do, I think they've been, they're not a thing. Like outmoded. Well, I don't think, unless they removed the skull. So they just sort of had the skin face How do they get of those a head. Small? And that would shrink. That would make perfect sense. You know, like when you put a crisp packet in the oven. I was just oven. about to say. But yeah. that's not how they shrink a human head. No, but over time, the skin would shrink. Jesus, do you remember? So, Hold on, I've got the process of a shrunken head here. All right, hit us, hit us. Um, the process of creating a shrunken head begins with removing the skull from the neck. Ah, Boom. An incision right. is made on the back of the ear and all the skin and flesh is removed from the cranium. Red seeds are placed underneath the nostrils and the lips are sewn shut. The mm. mouth is held together with three palm pins. Fat from the flesh of the head is removed. Then a wooden ball is replaced under the flesh, guessing like tennis ball size, in order to keep the form. The flesh is then boiled in water that has been saturated with a number of herbs containing containing tannins. It's like tea. Ah, to make leather. Like, mm. Do you know what they need to, to do? To preserve the leather. They yeah. need to get Skin. the dehydrator from the Bon Appetit <laughs> test kitchen. <laughs> yes. And they need to do a, a gourmet head. makes shrunken head. I don't know. I'd say Please. a dehydrated head is just like a very hungover little face with a weird it is. oh I'm on the image yeah. search here give us a look there Soph. yeah they look fed up they're not great um, they're on a three day rollover I'd say so you can imagine what so Michael so fucking parched there's something kind <laughs> they of need to go to Krispy Kreme back in the room they are so cute Michael okay. Diamond has all of these I'll ob- crochet you for fuck's sake why are you okay I'm just gonna like leave this, I'm leaving You've fucking knitted. You anyway. Never mind. Don't turn on the knitting then. Now come on now. Michael Diamond has a room he calls his freak room with all these bits of garbage. Not I think garbage. That's problematic, Michael. Well, it's his whatever. It's his room. He can call it whatever the fuck he wants, um, and everything's fine. Like it's just a room full of weird shit. I'm imagining your upstairs sitting room. Yeah, pretty much like that, but more <laughs> weird and less friends. I mm. would say. I'm not sure his family are that keen on this free groom. But anyway, in the very right hand corner of the free groom, yeah. tucked away, shrouded in a blanket, is a display cabinet with a fucking lock on the door of it, like a glass display cabinet. Mm-hmm. And in the cabinet is the final resting place of Mr. Fritz. Oh. The haunted ventriloquist doll. Who has struggled to find a home since 1945? Oh. This thing has been at every come up at every weird, sorry, freak show auction. All of these kind of bizarre memorabilia, especially Nazi-related memorabilia. Yeah, but people are dying to get rid of this one. Like they this can't. thing, it's, it's this thing has come up and con- resold yes, continuously. Gosh. It's been changing hats. So not much remains of Mister Fritz. There's just the solitary head mounted on a piece of wood um, and his face is sort of tr- starting to peel and warp. Um, so as dead as he looks, some would argue he is very much alive. Oh, no. So unlike most of the other bits of shite in Michael's collection of it, uh, <laughs> bits of very important war memorabilia or, thing, or history. Freak artifacts. Freak artifacts. Uh, <laughs> Artifreaks. Which were acquired through considerable financial investment. Mr. Fritz was given to him for free. Oh. So (laughs) Michael admits at this point that it wasn't a great sign. No. 
Red flag. So most people find dolls, says Mike. This is from Michael. Most people find dolls, especially ventriloquist dolls, way too creepy. Yeah. And the unlucky ones end up being thrown out or locked in attics for years. Uh, while the others get given to collectors like me. Mm-hmm. So he welcomed Mr. Fritz initially with open <laughs> arms. He was like, get him in here. Frau Fritz. So Frau Come Fritz in. is in this glass kind of antique glass box, as you can imagine, with a little tassel originally lock and a small plaque, all dating back from around that time, this whole box. And it says Mr. Fritz and it has two swastikas either side. So a well-known World War II military, military, how do you say that word? Military dealer, whatever, in Liverpool, approached Michael at a festival they were both working at over the summer. So he'd seen Michael's travelling exhibition of oddities and thought that Mr. Fritz would fit in perfectly. (laughs) Mr. Fritz initially was discovered in an antiques mall in Myrtle Beach, um, USA, and was once, so this dealer discovered him there. Uh, and he was once connected. So this World War II military dealer was massive. So had tons and tons of Nazi memorabilia and kind of collected things only specific to this kind of time. Such a fucking weird thing to do. And he's also sounded like a really weird man. Like anyone with a lot of Nazi memorabilia. Mm. Is it? Is it Father Ted where they have? Yeah, (laughs) I know. Anyway, so this guy picked him, picked Fritz up. And uh, he said then that he'd had him in his collection about a month before things started to happen. Uh, Like this guy had a lot of weird shit in his collection. Like all of that stuff should have been haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nothing was happening up until Fritz arrived. So the dealer, who wishes to remain anonymous, first started to notice something strange when he put Mr. Fritz on display in his showroom. He would lock him up for the night come back in the morning to discover that Mrs. Fritz, Mr. Fritz's display cabinet door was wide open even after it had been firmly shut. So it had With the a, lock you said? No, that lock came later. Okay. This was the original cabinet door. So it had like an antiques kind of key with a tassel in it. Yeah. And it was a little lock, but sure, it was a lock. So he also says that sometimes the mouth would also kind of Gape. be gaping open uh. in the morning as well. Uh, he said it would sort of change position. So the dealer tried to think of an obvious ex- explanation such as, you know, humidity, a breeze, or even going so far as to think a mouse may have made a nest in the doll's head, <sighs> which could have happened. But on closer inspection, he discovered it was neither of those things. So day after day, the door would continue to open. So he firmly taped it shut. And the following day, he returned to find the tape peeled back and the door open once more. Oh, no. He finally removed Mr. Fritz from the showroom and placed him in the garden shed where he stayed for six months. His children then reported hearing laughter from the shed as they played in the garden. But nobody would go near it. Absolutely not. <laughs> Mr. Fritz had to go. Fuck off, Fritzy. This Nazi collecting man. Couldn't handle. Even the the Nazi enthusiast wasn't into Fritzy. No. So then along came Michael. So as soon as Michael adopted the lonesome remains of Mr. Fritz, he placed him in his freak room and things started to happen. Doors started to open again. 
So at first it was once or twice a week, but soon the door opened every night without fail. He even discovered one morning that the display case was not only open, but had the whole case had moved six inches across the table. So curiously, finally got the better of Michael and he set up a GoPro camera to monitor Mr. Fritz. As you might imagine, a doll that was made to entertain people was not camera shy. No! <laughs> and the following footage was shot over two nights, September 2019. So I'll show you the video. September 20, just gone. Yeah. I have the, I'm watching the video but, here. I just... But what I want to give you a bit is the backstory behind Mr. Fritz. Yeah. So a small handwritten note that accompanied the eerie doll explained that he was originally a ventriloquist doll who was used to entertain allied um, prisoners of war during World War Two in Stalag. Uh, to be between 1943 and 1945. So Stalag 2B was a German prisoner of war camp situated 2.4 kilometres west of the village of Hammerstein in Poland. So in 1933, it was established as one of the first Nazi concentration camps and was used to house German communities. So in late September 1939, the camp was changed to a prisoner of war camp to house Polish soldiers. And in August uh, 1943, the first American prisoners arrived, having been taken prisoner in the in the Tunisian campaign. So the Americans arrived, in other words. Over 600 US prisoners of war were held in Stalag Tubi and life was harsh, consisting of long days of labour on neighbourhood farms um, with horrific uh, zero rations and just horrific regimes so prisoners tried to overcome these hardships and subjected to ventriloquism at night <laughs> well yeah prisoners <laughs> tried to overcome these hardships by educating themselves staging entertainment such as musicals comedy among the prisoners um, with enough energy to entertain was private Billy Booth who'd been a children's entertainer and a puppeteer before the war started so he made Mr Fritz with German newspapers soaked in potato starch and painted him with a, smu- with a smudged pot of pink gloss that a Polish farmer had given him, which had been used to paint his daughter's cot. So you can see why Mr. Fritz looked a bit ramshackle. I ramshackle, mean, he was. He was yeah. never a, like he a was toy never made a great for beauty. Pur- purpose. Exactly. <laughs> he was an art attack. <laughs> so for almost 18 months, Billy Booth and Mr. Fritz entertained prisoners of Stalag 2B with in-jokes and songs. Uh, He was so good that even some of the German guards found him funny. But unfortunately, on the 14th of January in 1945, two weeks before the camp was liberated, Billy and nine other US prisoners of war were taken into a field made to dig a large pit (gasps) and shot. Jesus. So when the camp was finally liberated on the 28th of January 1945, Mr. Fritz was taken back to the US by a fellow prisoner, and given to Billy Booth's family as a reminder of their son's fortitude and his ability to raise morale in the harshest conditions. So. That's like a, kind of a nice origin story. Amazing, yeah. So how did Mr. Fritz end up in the US Antiques Mall? It's not known really. How did he end up evil? Well, he's not necessarily. He's entertaining us still to this very fucking day. <laughs> so did Billy Booth's family give him away or was he thrown away for being too lively? Uh, these things we just don't know. So all we do know is that what remains of Billy Booth's creation is safely tucked away in Michael Diamond's freak show where he shall remain for the unseeable future. And if Billy wants to open Mr. Fritz's cabinet every now and then to reminisce about days gone by, then Michael doesn't have a problem with that. Well, 
he does have a fucking problem because he puts a huge chain and bolt around the cage. So we've got to see the video. But like, I mean, what's he going to do? He's got no arms or torso. He's just, if he gets out of this cage, all he's going to do is blink at you and open his mouth. The best bit about the video is the video's presence of orbs. Which yes. uh, on the video edit, I think, is it by Michael Diamond, this video on YouTube? It seems to be the one video that's repeated. It is. I think it's Michael. So basically, I'll just pour it off. You know, they say that orbs represent like spirits in a room. If you capture them on film, they just look like little balls of light. This is the video. So it's just Mr. Fritz on a cabinet. And the door pops open. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so the door kind of continues to swing open later that night. Hang on. This is the second night of recording. Mr. Fritz sits. Can you see that, Sophie? Yeah. His eyes opened and the door swings open. Uh. Keep watching closely. The mouth. Yeah. His, his eyes and mouth start to move. It's fucking brilliant. You've got to watch this. We'll put the link in the show notes. So this is, this is the activity. I think it just goes on to repeat it. Uh, There's a close-up. Oh, take this up! Okay, hang on. Let's, Let's take, take a closer look. Watch the eyes and mouth. <gasps> yeah. Door opens. Orbs float by. Eyes ah! close. Wait now. And the mouth opens. Just oh my god. Can I see the closer look video. I'll Is cut this, this the out. greatest publicity stunt ever pulled by, by Michael Diamond? Michael Diamond? It possibly is, but my God. It's very entertaining. But that's you see what I don't get. Obviously, you know, why the Nazi memorabilia that must have been put why who would have done that? Like uh, why why the little swastikas yeah. on the um do you know that must have been an, an addition from that weird Nazi collector who gave Fritz to Michael Diamond, I'd say. I'd say that was part of his. Like Fritz was probably in the original <laughs> box. And that's probably what's pissing the doll off. Yeah, the doll's just like feck off with your swastikas. Who are you looking up there? Michael Diamond. Uh, no, actually, I was like, who is this puppet reminding me of? It's Rob Lowe in Behind the Candelabra. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> Isn't it? Very good. Do you good. remember him in that? Oh, I know. Fucking but listen, amazing. the haunted, the world of haunted dolls. Annabelle Yeah, included. they need to get Annabelle and yeah. Mr. Fritz. Together. Together. Wouldn't it be amazing? Like, it's all fun and a games. story for the ages. And you sort of think that's a load of shit. But would you spend an evening alone with Mr. Fritz? Um... Well, I wouldn't have him in my house or shed. I'd go. You just know did I mean? a Mr. Fritz at me. You just went, eyes oh, open. <laughs> like, Mr. Fritz looks like somebody who's had a lot, a lot of cosmetic surgery. He looks like he could be the next he could guest on Botched. I was about to say, he could be on Botched. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, that doesn't scare me in the slightest because I just choose not to believe it. Oh, but it's brilliant. 
It looks and brilliant, like but the, like I see, I, I need more than a video. What about it's all that historical history? Yeah, but like <laughs> all of the that best kind of history. <laughs> <laughs> Come I mean, on. yeah, you you gave a good context there, but oh, I love that. Now I'm too cynical for that one now, Jen. I'm sorry. Just wait, Cassie. Better shit's coming. I can see you trying to knock under the table. <laughs> that was a first person ghost story. And that, like everyone who's been messaging in, was really creepy. That doll thing, there's going to be a reasonable explanation. It just, it seems so ridiculous and coincidental that the owner of a freak show... <laughs> housing gallery that presumably you pay to get into has this weird haunted thing that has gone viral just before Halloween (laughs) I know September Uh, look I I feel like it's weird that we haven't seen Fritz before you know he's just surface yeah I don't know I I think this is some kind of like guerrilla marketing for Saw 942 Fritz movie because like he looks now like you know the uh, the saw the little, guys yeah he does like, kind of his brother in law or something yeah yeah amazing what it saw is. are they on let's find nine out. ten eleven or they're something. definitely in the double digits anyway um, thanks for poo pooing my creep this week well, I know it was I good like and you built it. it up well I enjoyed the story and the telling of the story you just don't believe a word just of it not a single word I loved it oh my god so many saws. <laughs> <laughs> all right well does well, that wrap I, us oh we have to thank you why am i saying this <laughs> for people who give thank you for the patrons thank you, thank to, our you patrons. to our patrons please give if you're thinking about giving uh thank you for the people who are leaving reviews on itunes it'd be great if you could do that also or oh we've been getting some good reviews in actually uh i've suspended giveaway for a good review of the week until i order more totes um <laughs> Thank you. If you do want to give us some money, it's patreon.com forward slash the creep dive. Much appreciated. Our next two episodes will be the shows. So live, live. from yeah. Henrietta. Street. We will see. We are one week. Well, actually, when this goes out, we are mere days away from our live shows in what we've established as a haunted building on Henrietta on a Street. Haunted street. On a haunted street. In a haunted city. Brought to you by three haunted people. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And Faunch is going to be there. Yeah. She said she saged the stage for us. Ah, that's very kind of you. I think she, we're going to need that. I I'm it. not telling a ghost story because they creep me out too much. Are you not? No, I have a really good, wholesome Cassie creep. We've got a catfish. We've got some criminal activity. We have some... Um, romance we have some <laughs> other things it's a really good some one other things it's a good one i'm rocking my favorite pet genre regional haunting oh, excellent nice. what about I, you well i'm i don't know yet she doesn't have it she doesn't have it yet i, I don't, don't know, know what night i'm gonna do this on though because we need two stories i know i'll try and find a good regional it has creep. to be it has to be haunted related does Come on. it ah, doesn't, doesn't nah, it? nah. Let's not limit ourselves. Okay. I feel like there's some good satanic ones I could bring to it, but it's just too creepy. I've got a good, I've got a good. Anyway, if you're not coming, don't worry, you'll hear it. Yeah. Okay, bye. See ya.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.